God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labors. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivallabors at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. When you read that with the Living Bible, the Living Bible says King Jordan became powerful because he was careful to follow the paths of the Lord his God. He was what? Careful to follow the paths of the Lord his God. That's how people become mighty. And then, Good News Bible said, Jordan grew powerful because he was determined to live as the Lord his God wanted. How many of us know the story of Joseph? You know the story of Joseph? There is one thing, anytime you start reading the story of Joseph in Genesis 39, you will always hear the Bible says, and the Lord was with what? Joseph. When he was in the house of Potiphar, the Lord was with Joseph. And the next thing is that he made him to be prosperous. When he was accused falsely and was sent to prison, the Bible said while he was in prison, and the Lord was with what? Joseph. And he was prosperous even in the prison. And then, finally, what happened to Joseph? What is it that happened to Joseph? He became mighty. The might manifested. Hallelujah. Now, if you have known the story of, there are a set of people they call the mighty men of David. The mighty men of David. He met them while Saul was pursuing him in the wilderness. Look at first Samuel chapter 22 verse 1 to 3. You see how he met the mighty men. And what they were as of the time he met them. We are trying to establish who, who is a mighty man. First of all, before we talk about how he is sleeping and the process of waking him up. First Samuel chapter 22. First Samuel chapter 22. Verse 1 said, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the Cape Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down Peter to him. Everybody verse 2 together. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, what did they do? They gathered themselves unto him. And what did he become? He became a captain over them. And there we are with him about how many of them? 400 men. So you can see how these men were at the beginning. These are men that were full of troubles. 
these were men that were in depth like Gideon was a poor man he even confesses I am very poor I am the least in fact I am managing life but David saw might in them remember that David himself because the Lord is with him he was referred to as a mighty man and David knew that if I can bring these men to the point where they can begin to walk with God that they will also become what? mighty men are you, are you getting that? that was how he took them in and said your condition now does not matter whatever you are passing through currently is not a problem I'm seeing a future with your life that if alone you can get the Lord to be with you then the might of the Lord will surely manifest through your life and the story read in 2nd Samuel 2nd Samuel now not first 23 from verse 8 the Bible now began to give an account of the exploits of these mighty men because as of that time now they have all become mighty men with stories of their might being told second samuel chapter 23 verse 8 says these be the names of the mighty men whom david had the tak monite that sat in the city chief among the captains the same was Adino the S knight. What did he do? He lifted up his spear against eight hundred whom he slew at one time. I'm not sure you get what he said there. Do you know what eight hundred soldiers are? This man was one of the debtors in First Samuel twenty three. Now, as of this time, he was facing an army of about 800 people. And just by one strike, what happened? 800 of them, one time. Do you think that that can happen by human power? No. There is a divine element in that fight. The, uh, the next verse will show you or make it more clear. Look at the second person. And after he was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that we are gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. The Bible said he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword. There is a column there. Anytime you see column in King James Version, what he's saying is, let me explain what I'm saying so that you'll understand better. Why did all these things happen? Because the Lord wrote a great victory. 
Bible says it was the Lord that was at work. Look at the story. Get to the story. The children of Israel, the armies of Israel, and the armies of the Philistines were fighting. And then all other soldiers ran away because of the enemy. And Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, he stood one person against the Philistine armies. And he began to kill with his sword. And as he continued killing, a time came when his hand became weary. And at that time, when his hand became weary, his sword is supposed to fall down. What happened? What happened? The Lord sent an angel that came down with heavenly super glue that glued the sword with his hand and held the hand to continue killing until all the enemies were destroyed. Why did the Lord why did he do this? Because this man has been trained by David to be men that are working with God. So when they are going to battle, the hand of the Lord is with them. You know why God is talking to us about wake up the mighty men? Is because, in fact, before he said wake up the mighty men in the book of Joel chapter 3 verse 9, before he ever said that, the first thing he said is prepare for war. Because what the mighty man does is that they do what? They fight. It's not yet finished. Verse 13. And, okay, verse, um, we are reading verse 10. The Lord wrought great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. So when he finished the battle, one man, what happened to the rest? They came back and they said, hey, we have won the battle. They returned after him. Then the next person, after him was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Hararites. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop. Where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. The people did what? Fled from the Philistines. What happened in verse 12? Eh? But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. What happened? And the Lord, mark the word, the Lord wrought a great victory. Those of you that knew the Lord, we knew or we know that the Lord does not commit himself to a man without testing that man. In John chapter 2, verse 23 to 25, the Bible said that Jesus went to Jerusalem. He did miracles and many people believed in him. But he did not commit himself to them. Why? The Bible said because he knew that men can change. He said, before I will commit myself to you people, I will be sure, I will test the sincerity of your faith to ensure that you truly believe. So for the Lord to commit himself 
to these men why they are fighting, you will know that this is not possible, humanly speaking. Am I correct? The Bible said that the ground is full of lentils. What is lentils? Lentils is in Hebrew, we call it apete. That is ebenanya. And it was because of that ground that people ran and said, We cannot stay on this ground and win this battle. But Shama stood. Why did he stand? Why? He stood because he knew that the Lord is with him. Are you getting that? Now, listen carefully. If you return to the story of David when he faced Goliath. Do you remember the story of David and Goliath? Oh, that story is powerful. David was the last born, just like Gideon. And he went to face Goliath in a battle. But how did he go? David just came to give food to his three brothers. According to age that are selected to be in the army of Israel. It's only the first three brothers of David that are qualified to be in the army. Are you following me? The first three. There are eight of them. David is the last. So before it will reach David's age to enter the army, you can imagine that. So the father said, come and take food to your brothers that are in the army. And he brought food to them. And as, as of the time he was entering that ground, Goliath was coming in. And the Bible says he has done that for 40 days, morning and evening. He will come out and say, hey, 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 you servants of Saul, give me a man from the children of Israel that will fight with me. If the man wins me, then we, the Philistines, will become your servants. But if I win that man, then you people will be our servants. If you read First Samuel chapter 17, you notice that the Bible took about five verses to describe Goliath. The kind of weapon that he has on his body. And there is one young man, his work is to carry his shield. You know what they call shield? Shield is what an army officer in those days we hold to ensure that no are you following me? No bullet, nothing will ever come to you. So, Goliath's own, he, he cannot, he's not carrying it. He's holding his spear. So, he just get one small soldier that will be in his front and ensure that no matter the angle that the bullet or anything comes, that he doesn't get to Goliath. So, he was bragging. He said, I defy the army of Israel today. Give me a man. And when David heard it, my brothers and sisters, I was shocked by what David said. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? According to that story, those of us who have read it, you will remember that the Bible recorded that Saul and everybody in Israeli army, they were all afraid of him. Two of us. Anytime he comes out, they will roar. And everybody will be shivering like this. 
Israel seems to be mighty men. But when the things that require might is there, they will all run away. Showing that through might is not gotten from the strength of a man. It is the Lord that will really make a man truly mighty. David has not been in the army before. But when he heard that, he said, what? What am I hearing? Who is this? So, David was looking at Goliath. He is not seeing his size. He is not seeing his weapon. He is not seeing anything about Goliath. The only thing David is seeing is what? An uncircumcised Philistine. And that means a lot to him. He understood what an uncircumcised Philistine means. And he said, who is this? That he should defy the armies of what? The living God. The living God. The God that is alive. The one that I know. The one that is with me. He said, please let me ask. What shall be the reward? David is a very smart businessman. What shall be the reward? That will be given to the man that will kill this um, uncircumcised Philistine. And they say, the king has promised that he will enrich him with great riches. Number one. And that he will exempt his family from tax in Israel. Number two. And that he will give him his daughter to marry. So he, he will become an in-law to the king. Three powerful rewards. David said, I will go. Take me to the king. I will go. When they took him and brought him before Saul, he stood before Saul as a small boy. He's not up to the age of those that are enlisted in the army. And he said to Saul, your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And I'm going to conquer and bring him down. You know what Saul said to him? Saul said, young boy, you are a small boy but the person that we are talking about has been fighting from when he was a small boy till now he has experience of war for years he is their champion you are not even in the army at all this is the champion of the Philistines you are not able to go and fight him David said Oh king live forever Number one is this Your servant Very humble Has been keeping his father's sheep In the wilderness And when a lion and a bear Came after the sheep I went after them Delivered the sheep from their mouth And when they turned against me I captured them by the jaw Look at a young boy After a lion you think that it is just an ordinary you know thing that makes him to do that he knew that the Lord is with him are you following me I tore the lion and I delivered the lamb and then he said 
delivered me from the lion and the bear. He will deliver me from this uncircumcised what? And so I said, okay, the Lord be with you, go. He gave him his uh, weapon of war. He put it on and said, no, 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 I cannot go with this. I'm not tested this kind of thing. Then he picked five stones, put it in his bag. Then he came out to face Goliath. <laughs> Now, when he faced Goliath, Goliath said, what, what am I seeing? Am I seeing a dog? Okay. You, you are looking like a dog. Am I a dog? That a dog will come to fight dog? You are coming with me with stick. Can you imagine coming with stick? Oh, yeah, come here, make I give you to the bed of the air. <laughs> oh, when people look at a man that has God with him, they always despise him, thinking that, where are you? Is it not this that I'm seeing? Come, let me give you to the bed of the air. What are you talking about? And David said, you came against me with spear and with sword. But I am coming against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel whom you have defied his army. Today the Lord will give you to my hand and I'm going to cut off your neck and I will give your neck and your bodies with all the armies of Israel to the bed of the air, they will have food. All of them will eat well today. You know, as he was talking, Goliath was like, What am I still waiting for? He stepped out, and the Bible said, When he stepped out, David ran towards him. When he ran towards him, he used the same strategy that he used against the lion and the beard. Are you following me? What strategy was that? When the lion or the beard came, he is good at So he targeted the skull of the lion and did what? Release a stone there. It was while the lion was doing that that he went to his mouth and collected what? Are you getting what I'm talking about? So he already knew the Lord who delivered me he is here to do it again. So Goliath doesn't have idea of the strategy that God has equipped this young boy with. The wisdom that comes from God to a man that works with him. The next thing that happened was before Goliath could know what is happening, the stone has hit him on his head, skull. And his head was shaking like this, and he was like, am I in this world? Uh, you know, there's a way that somebody will slap you. Slap will not, not bring problem. Slap, just an ordinary slap. You are like, where am I? 
this one is not a slab. It's a stone on his head. He was like, ah, am I falling down or not? Finally, he fell down. And David collected his own sword and killed him. It was a victory. What is the secret of David and his might? The presence of the Lord. Walking with the Lord. And the Lord keep giving him wisdom and strategies for winning the battles of life. Even for Gideon, if you will remember those of you who have read the story of Gideon, you will remember that Gideon's victory over the Midianites was not by sword. Do you remember? Ah, the 300 men God said, let everybody collect lamp. Local lamp. You know the one they call them panaka? Eh? Not even the, the normal lamp. Local lamp. Everybody should collect the lamp. And they were marching. And you know, when the media I saw people carrying lamp, they were like, what kind of army is this but that was the Lord's instruction to the man that he was with brothers and sisters life is a battle your life alone is what is a battle and for you to win this battle you must be a mighty man and for you to be a mighty man you must be a man that is with God when I talk man remember I mean both male and what? female in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 26 listen carefully Moses was narrating a story he said the Lord spoke to us and said I have given you people Sihon Eh? The king of the Ammonites and all his land. But before you will enter into that victory, you must battle with him. Before you can possess your possession in this life, it is a what? A battle. Before any man can advance the kingdom of God. In any generation, it is always by what? By war. That's why you need to be mighty. If you are going to win the war. There are principalities and powers, the Bible told us. There are spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. And there is one they call the world rulers of this present darkness fighting against you as a person fighting against your family saying that nobody will rise in this family above this level how many of you believe what I'm talking about there are forces so principalities powers 
Some of them will leave the family level and go to the village level and say, as far as I am the principality of this village, nobody from this village will ever be. So sometimes you think that you are having a personal battle. You don't know that it is a principality from your village that is fighting. I had an experience some years ago. Listen carefully. You need to understand what we are talking about. I went for personal set apart to seek the face of God for my life. And by the end of that set apart, towards the end, it was two days set apart. Towards the end, after I finished praying and, you know, I just was taken away by sleep. And where I find myself was inside my father's house. I saw all kinds of things that happened in the ancient time and all the spirits that are fighting and working against us. It was like sin after sin. You know the way they act him? Sin one. Sin two. That was what was happening. They will show me the first one. After that, they will take me away from that to another place. They will show the, the next one. Very long, you know, revelation. And then I woke up. When I woke up, what I had is, don't stand up. Keep lying down. Let me explain to you what you have seen. Then, as I was listening, he explained all of them and then there's one particular one that he explained that was greater than all of the, the rest there's a particular spirit that manifested in that dream and he said you see that spirit that spirit is the idol in, the, in your village And that idol, he called the name of that idol. And he said, it's a woman idol. It's a woman idol. And what is that idol doing? He said, that idol has vowed that the whole village and all the families in the village are under his control. Or her control. And he said, if you want your family to be free from what is happening because so many things are happening then you must overthrow that principality you call it a principality you must overthrow that principality that is over the village because there is no way your own family will be free when that principality is not overthrown and then he gave me 21 days fasting and prayer program for that. And then I started. Now, why am I sharing this with you? The truth is that life is a battle. Sometimes you will notice that you are doing your best. Now listen, those of you that are young, this thing that you are doing don't ever think that your father doesn't have a correct brain when he was at your age. 
Are you hearing me? Your father was very brainy as you, or even more than you. And he also wants to be a great man. Two of us. Is there any one of you here who doesn't want to be a great man? I was asking a young boy, secondary school student, one day, after preaching to him, what do you want me to pray for you? He said, I should pray that God will make him a very, is he a very, very rich man? Very rich man. Small boy. He cried. But something kept on what? Limiting him. Limiting him. Limiting him. Listen carefully. Whenever you see anybody who is standing out, listen, listen to me carefully. Anybody who is outstanding in any area of life, the first thing to note is that it is either he has connived with the devil, entered a covenant with the devil, or he is strong with his God. Do you understand what I say now? You can't rise if you are not attached to either of the two forces. Evil men, evil spirits will kill you before you ever rise. Or they will keep limiting you and you keep struggling. You know, some of you that are coming up and you have not made your choice, you better make your choice early. Because there is no other way. There is no other way of becoming great, of becoming mighty. Now, if you choose the way of the devil, listen carefully, if it's the devil you choose, then just know that is either you will give away some part of your life or you know a lady a woman came for counseling and she was telling me a very horrible story about her father horrible story he said that the man is an occultic man and a native doctor and he said that none of his children will be greater than him. He said it to their hearing. The woman that was talking to me, the man has attempted killing her husband, that is his in-law, severally, if not that she was standing firm in prayers. And she will pray, 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 pray. She will see her, him. She actually came for counseling because she was describing to me the kind of attack she was having in her pregnancy. She's about three months old pregnant. 
Now, but before, why I asked her to come for counseling? Because I know that it's not just something I would just pray about. I need to understand some things. So, but before that pregnancy, she gave birth to two child and the pregnancy stopped. Stopped. Then I prayed for her after several, you know, years. I prayed for her. And she said, the day you prayed for me, I went back to my house. That night, a woman appeared. And that woman began to fight with me. The woman fought with me, fought with me, fought with me for almost throughout the night. Until I was able to conquer the woman. And the moment I conquered and tore her into pieces, I saw the same woman outside. The woman was fighting with her inside. When she conquered the woman inside, she saw her outside. She packed her things, her properties, and was leaving. And she said that, I have been living with you people in this house all this while. But now that you have conquered me, I'm going. And then she woke up. Now it was as if they, they, don't, they don't want her to have another baby. And she has conceived now. So the woman began to come again using different kind of face. Sometimes he said he will use the face of her sister and come. And when he will look to see is this my sister, the face will change to her mother. That's what we call witchcraft. Why she was talking, the Lord said to me, that is her father haunting her. She almost died in the second pregnancy. The same her father. The man killed her elder sister's husband and useless her elder sister's business. And the woman with how many kids doing nothing. The story is long. Now this one is not this one is not an invisible father. This one is a physical father saying that, see all you my children, you are not going to be greater than me. Have you seen a father that say that kind of thing? You are a father. What kind of prayer does a father pray for his children? Your children will be greater than you. Where you did not go, they should go. Now this one is physical. What about the ones that you don't see? What about the family where they want to bury a grandfather and they will go and kill somebody and put there just to bury somebody and the blood will be speaking against the family. A woman got married and for how many years she didn't have a child? And she said, what is happening to me? I was a virgin before I got married. Life is battle. I'm warning you. Why is it that after I got married, I will not have a child. And she went to pray. After three days praying and fasting, she had a revelation of how they killed an innocent boy and used him to bury their great-grandfather. And the boy, why they are killing him, vowed that nobody we have children in this family. Now look at the cause. 
They called stormed generation and came to her. The moment she entered that family, that cause came to take effect. There are mysteries of life that requires that you must be strong with God if you will move through this life and stand out for him. Don't join yourself with the devil. It's an advice. Because the devil will take away your life, some part of your life, or will ask you for one kind of sacrifice. Some people enter into secret society and they keep on killing their relations, all sorts of things. And then, when they die, they are going to continue their suffering in hell. And then, if you are going to be with God, and you are going to be outstanding for God, the devil will surely come for you. Are you hearing me? As you are rising, he will be coming. The only thing that will save you is that you are strong with him. You are strong. The Lord is with you. That's how your might will be standing. And that's why every man that is wise must ensure that at every point in time in your life, the Lord is with you. A lady came for our crusade in Enugu in, in May, May this year, and she was a member of Jehovah Witness. According to her, she was born and brought up in Jehovah Witness. And she has not attended any other meeting know they taught them never to attend any other christian meeting apart from their own and she has kept to that but she said that when she saw the invitation for our crusade that she was like as if something told her to go and she decided to come her husband according to her said she said her husband couldn't believe it. So the man was watching and looking at her until she entered the venue. And it was, it was like, is this real or what? Now this woman had two children. I don't know the class where they are. Maybe they should be in either end of primary school, secondary school, beginning. A boy and a girl but she want to have many children and she just have two I don't know whether the husband is the only son but you know this kind of uh, thing where the, the grandmother the mother-in-law will be give me children the every she want to have two the husband every one of them they pray 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 they have gone to hospitals and all of that for years but she said she was in the crusade. And then, when we started praying for people, according to her, she said at the time, while the prayer was going on, 
something did wow in her stomach. She felt it physically. Her stomach was shaking. She didn't know what happened. Until after two months, she began to have some signs and she went for pregnancy, uh, pregnancy test. And lo and behold, she was pregnant. She has been a disciple since then. She has been coming. I don't know whether she's still going to Jehovah's Witness, but one I know is what I'm telling you. She has always been in discipleship. Every week. If it is you, won't you be? Amen. Do you know what came over her and blocked her womb and said you will not have a child again? There are some people you want to get married but something is saying no. You will not. Powers are fighting. Forces are fighting. You will not. The only thing that will enable you to overcome and conquer and get married is the Lord with you. And you are a mighty man. Of follow that will win the battle. Now these are on the personal level. But we are not just talking about personal battle. Because the battle that Gideon fought was he a personal battle. The battle that David fought was he a personal battle. These mighty men of David are they fighting personal battles. Even though before you begin to fight the kingdom battles, the national battles, and begin to win and advance the kingdom, you must have conquered and won at the personal level. Nobody ever possesses his possession without a fight. Nobody. Now what I'm going to deal with now quickly and pray with us before I complete the message is this. How do I ensure the presence of the Lord with me always? There are five ways to ensure that the Lord is with you always. Five of them. Take note of them. Number one. You must be a man that is living to please God. Always. A man that is what? Living to please God. Always. The presence of God cannot be with you. If you are not living a life that is pleasing to God. Somebody read for us. Or let everybody open to John chapter 8 verse 29. John chapter 8 verse 29. Are we there? John chapter what? 8 verse what? 29. Please, these are powerful principles that worked for Jesus and for others that brought the presence of God in their life 
and sustained it. John chapter 8 verse 29, what did he say? He that sent me is with me. Uh-huh. The father has not left me alone. Why? Because I do always those things that are what? Pleasing to him. That's a song we used to sing. Trust and obey. But there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to He that sent me into this world is with me. He has not left me alone. When the Lord is with you, that's when you are mighty. That's when you will be full of courage and faith. Several stories of the oppressions of the devil are going about. Jesus said, I sustain the presence of God with me by always doing those things that are pleasing, not to me. Those things that are pleasing, not to my friends. Those things that are pleasing, not to my relations. Those things that are pleasing to God. Do you want the Lord to be with you? Do you want the Lord to be with you? And to be with you always. If the Lord will be with you, then you must be a man, a woman that is deliberate, conscious, ensuring that whatever that is not pleasing to God is not part of your life. What is the general name we call things that are not pleasing to God? Shout it. Sin. You cannot be living in sin and expect the presence of the Lord with you. No. No. The Lord was with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But when they committed sin, what happened? Eh? You can't be, I can't be with you again. Go. Joseph knew this. While he was in Potiphar's house, he was aware. So when temptations have, you know, come before the Potiphar's wife own has come. Because I hope you know that Potiphar's wife temptation was not the only temptation that Jesus, Joseph faced in life. I hope you know that. He has faced several temptations before that one. What kept Joseph from sinning against God when he was tempted was because he understood the value of the presence of God. 
I don't want to lose this presence. And the woman offered herself and said, Joseph, I am the madam of the house. Or God is not around. I am in church. Nothing will happen if you do it. Just do it. Every other person is doing it. It's a lie. Have you had that lie before? Young people, they will say, every other person is doing it, including the pastor. It's a lie. When the devil wants to take away a, take away the presence of God from a man, he will come to lie to you like he came to lie to Eve through the serpent. Do you remember? What was he jealous of? The devil is always jealous when the Lord, the Lord is with a man. Because he knew that there is no battle you will not conquer. By his wisdom, by his power, you will always be a winner. When battles come, they will come. When they come again, they will come again. In fact, the one that is coming will be a greater Goliath. But you know that the moment David conquered Goliath, he had promotion. He was lifted. Two of us. That's how life is designed. Life is designed that you will rise by winning the battles that are along your path. And that is why you will ensure that you don't do things that will make the Lord to depart from you. Now listen, if you are with somebody you love in a room, your friend or your relation, and suddenly you notice that this your friend has defecated in that room. And the sheet is smelling everywhere. And he himself is not even feeling the smell. It's just the last day. What will you do? What will you do? Do you need anybody to ask you to leave the room? That's what sin does to God. You didn't hear me. If the Lord is with you and suddenly you just told a lie. I hope you know that lying is a sin. Eh? Very serious sin. That lie you told is enough to make him to what? To leave. And you can be overcome. You can be conquered in the next battle that is ahead of you. So, first of all, you must be delivered from the power of sin. You must be what? Delivered from the power of sin. You must be saved. Salvation is not the same as forgiveness. 
Salvation is what Jesus brought to us by the reason of his death on the cross. And it's not just salvation from special sin or big sin. There's nothing like that. Salvation from all sin. You shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from what? From their sins. Envy. Anger. Unforgiveness. In fact, when the devil wants to manipulate your life and make you a permanent victim, he will just, you know, push you to get into sin. When I was the head of department, electrical engineer in UNA, there was this young man that came for his results. He is supposed to have graduated, but he has not. So he came to meet me, the head, so that we can sort out his problem. And then as we are dealing with his problem, one of the days, he says, sir, there is something I want to tell you. He said, I am committing masturbation. And I know that this is not normal again. It's not normal. I am sure that there is a problem with me. Sin itself is a great problem. I hope you know that. And what sin does is that it enslaves. Take pornography, for example, or masturbation. The first time you will watch pornography or commit masturbation, it will be an act. But after that, you will now become a slave of it. That even when you say, I don't want to do this again, you are there again. You may be here, hearing what we are hearing. Something is telling you, but you know this now. It's not my problem. I know that I'm, supposed to, I'm not supposed to sin. But after hearing that, I still go back and commit sin again. I think you need what we call freedom from sin. That Jesus brought to us by the reason of his death. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 said, Shall we continue struggling with sin that grace will abound? Say, God forbid how shall we that are dead to sin? How did we die to sin? We are crucified with him when he died. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Romans 6 verse 7. At the cross of Calvary, he bought our salvation for us. And if you will come to him with a sincere and open heart, he is going to save you. He will deliver you from the power of sin so that you will know what the woman that was caught in adultery knew. That woman, the Bible said they caught her in the very act, presented her to Jesus. And they said to Jesus, Moses said we should kill her by stoning. What do you say? And Jesus said, if you have not sinned before, be the first to stone. And they all disappeared. 
Where are your accusers, O woman? Has none of them condemned you? None, sir. I'm not also condemning you. Go and sin how many times? What is the meaning of no more? Can Jesus tell somebody to do what is not possible? No. He doesn't play with words. There is a state. Somebody say a state. A state of life. Where a human being can come. And he will sin no more. If you are not in that state yet. Don't doubt it. It's existing. That is what we, what we call the state of genuine salvation. Fake born again. We'll be speaking in tongues. And they'll be telling lies with the same tongue. Fake born again. All over the place. I hope they are not in this hall. They are will be worshipping and singing and praising and giving offering and tithe. At the same time, they are quarreling and fighting with their wives, their husbands, some are even pity. Fake! When you want to find those who are genuine, you will read First John 3 verse 9. He said, those who are born of God, they don't commit sin because the nature of God is in them and they cannot sin because they have the worth born of God. Are you original or are you fake? Or you are not yet born again at all. You have not encountered him. You are still living in sin. You are still struggling with sin. Or you have received him before. But you have fallen back to sin. You may do it in the secret. But before the eyes of God. There is no secret. Amen. What did I say is the first thing. That will ensure. That is in your life. If you must maintain the presence of God. A man. That is willing. And always ready. To do that. Which is pleasing to God. God is going to save so many people today. And you will have a testimony of genuine salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Number two. You must be a man that has separated yourself from causes of sin. Causes. C-A-U-S-E-S. Sin is not the same thing as causes of sin. Mark chapter 9. Verse 43 down to 47. Jesus was speaking there. Not a parable. Plain preaching. If your hand will cause you to sin, do what? Cut your hand. Why? It is better for you to go to heaven with only one hand than to go to hell with two hands. Where the fire does not quench and the worm does not die. I'm reading the Bible, Mark 4, Mark 9, 43. If you are interested, you can go there as I read. I'm reading it. If your eye will cause you to sin, 
King James say will offend you. Pluck your eye out. It's not a parable. It's a, a plain talk. Said it is better for you. So your hand is not a sin. Your leg is not a sin. Your eye is not a sin. But Jesus said, because of how serious sin is before God, both in time and in eternity, any part of your body or any human being that is outside your body or anything at all that will cause you to sin, you should do what? Do away with it. Cut it off. Why am I asking you to cut it off? He said, sin is the only thing that will take you to hell. And hell is real. He said, it is better for you. Better for you. Because cutting your hand is not easy. Am I correct? It's going to be very painful. And those who want to cut their hand, they do that with force. They don't do that gradually. Eh? If you want to cut your hand and you really mean it, will you get the knife and you are gradually doing like this? If you are serious about cutting your hand, you sharpen a machete, not a knife. Then when you come, you close your eyes. Eh? You know, some people, they cut their life, not their hand. Even though, for a wrong reason. But Jesus said, for heaven, for heaven's sake, cut, cut. It's not a parable. He's saying that because he's serious. So if somebody can cut his hand to avoid sin, how much more a sin partner? A relationship? How much more foe? How much more things you know that are leading you to sin? Cut it off, says Jesus. Do you know why? If you allow those things to continue to be around you, if you allow those kind of friends to continue to be around you, one day they will surely lead you to sin. And when they lead you to sin, it will cost you the presence of the Lord. Are you following? Number what now? Number three. You must also separate yourself from idols. You must what? Separate yourself from what? Idols. What are idols? Idols are anything or any man that is asking for your worship. What did they do for idol? Eh? They worship people worship idol, isn't it? And you see, the issue of worshiping idol is serious. Anything that takes more of your time and attention than God has become an idol. 
anything or anyone you are committed to. In fact, one outstanding idol that Jesus spoke about was money. You remember? Do you remember? That he said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. He now said, you cannot serve God and mammon. I do. Things that you will give more devotion, more commitment. I was talking with a young man one day and he told me that he will not be able to come for discipleship class. I said, why? He said that he just came from travel this morning and then he has so many, he's a student of a suit. He has so many assignments to do and he will not be able to come. I said, that's wonderful. I said, what if, if you come for this subject today, you go back with 10,000? He said, ah, if there is such a provision, I will be there. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Idols are serious. Listen carefully. This is what will shock so many people on the last day. Because you will be thinking that you are a worshiper of God. Until it will be so clear to you on that day. Not now. Now, you will be thinking that you are a worshiper of God. Things that concerns you, you give them more time, more devotion, more attention. Especially things that concerns your body. Not even things that concerns your spirit. Because if we are doing well to our spirit, that would be okay. For example, those of us who are here today, you have tried for your spirit, isn't it? Isn't it? Because you came to enrich your spirit, to get revival, so that you can fire up with God. But, even the way you came, even the heart with which you came, it couldn't be the same heart and the same way you will come. If What's the time of this meeting? What's the time? Now, if they say those that will be there by nine, they will receive five thousand as they are entering. How many of us are going to be here by nine? I hear you say, all of that is can wait. That's when that song we mean we mean so much for you. Now you will sing it, but when it comes to practice. You will turn it the other way around. Idols. Occupying your heart. 
with so much. The first idol that many people worship is themselves. People worship themselves. When you give yourself more attention, more time, more devotion than God, the amount of money you spend on yourself, you don't give God such. Eh? When we say, let us get money for the work of God or for the things of God, you will bring out maybe 5,000 and say, ah, at least I've tried. But when you want to buy cloth or buy phone or buy shoe, how much do you spend? How much do you spend? God is, you know, God keep watching these things and keep weighing them. First Samuel 2.3 says, He is the God of knowledge. By Him all actions are weighed. And He said, those, God knows those who are His. He knows those who are genuinely His. Those who have taken Him as number one. Those who can sacrifice their all for Him. Amen. Number what now? Number four. You must be a man that fears God. A man that was fears God. If God is going to be with you and you are going to maintain the presence of God, you must be a man that fears God. I would like us to read a verse. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. Proverbs 16, verse 6. If you are there, you can read for us. A fast, quick, loud reader. Read for us. Proverbs 16, verse 6. Hallelujah. By a fear of the Lord, a man what? How many of you here fears God? I fear God. Raise your hand. Please listen carefully. When we talk about fear of God, okay, before I Let's read one more scripture in the old in the New Testament. Second Corinthians chapter six. Second Corinthians chapter six. Are you there? Look at verse. Um, Verse 16 says, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate. Says the Lord, 
and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you and will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Look at chapter 7 verse 1. Chapter 7 verse 1. Let's read together if you are there. want to go. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness. We are perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Did you see the Bible? That is to say, for you to be truly holy and be able to walk with a holy God, you must have the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, when we talk about fear of God, please listen. Fear of God is not just a respect for God. Fear of God is a literal fear for God. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we were in secondary school, senior secondary school, we have a principle that when he beats you, you will not forget it for a very long time. And he knows how to monitor students. He can enter the class unnoticed. So the moment anytime people hear that the principal is around or is coming, all the noisemakers, all the people that are loitering about, they will just arrange themselves and behave themselves. Why? Why? Fear. That's that's what we call fear of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is, you are afraid of God. Hello? Are you still there? I came down because this is a very serious point. Very serious. Today we see people of God speaking in tongues, reading and quoting scriptures, praying, preaching. They have everything. But one thing is lacking fear of God. In the Old Testament, people like Daniel, Joseph, they don't have speaking in tongues. They don't have Bible. They don't have pastor. They don't have fellowship. They don't have disciple. They have one thing. Fear of God. Why did Joseph, why was he able to escape 
from the sneer of Potiphar's wife. Fear of God. She said to the woman, How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? The woman said, What are you talking about? Is there any God here? He said, Woman, God is here and is watching me now. I'm afraid of him. I am what? I'm afraid of him. I am with my foe. I'm afraid of God. I don't want to click. If I click and find myself in a pornography site, no, 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 no. God is here. I'm afraid of him. I won't do it. Do you know why you are still quarreling with your wife? Or with your husband? Or with your brothers and sisters? Fighting and whatever. You don't believe that God is there. Oh, you are not getting me at all. Eh? You know governor. Do you know governor? Can you come before governor and somebody will touch you? or speak against you and or provoke you and you talk and say Governor, excuse me let me deal with this man eh you are not getting me at all it's obvious that you don't understand what the fear of God is and you don't have it the consciousness of his presence Remember what we are dealing with. Mighty man. Do you remember? Don't forget. Don't forget. Because you don't know that he is here. That's why you are giving yourself to sexual immorality. That's why you are literally disobeying him. As if you say, God, I don't care where you are and what you do, I want to enjoy myself. I want to do what I want. I want to say what I want to say. To maintain the presence of God, you must have the fear of God. Literal fear. That is what has kept me as a person. Brothers and sisters, I'm afraid of God. I fear Him. It is the fear of God that will keep you from sin in the secret. Are you aware that more than 90% of sins are committed in the secret? Especially sins of those who profess God. Are you getting me? Those who are unbelievers who say we are sinners. They don't care where they commit sin. But most believers that commit sin, they care to do that in the secret. And why? Lack of fear of God. So you see how you respect yourself, worship yourself. That's why you see a, a man and his wife, they'll be quarreling and fighting and putting hand in their eyes. And then somebody will knock. They will quickly summarize the 
they quarrel. If it's in Amobia, if it's Brochibuzo that knocked, they will just say, Opagi, Opagi, Isaac go to Brochibuzo. And then they will just, uh, if it is a, a woman, they will put up an advertisement and say, Hey, Brochibuzo, you came? Hi, come inside now. Don't mind the way. Uh-uh. Where, where is this smile coming from? And when he leaves, what happened? Oh yeah, let us start where we stop. But why did you even do this in the first place? You must explain it to me today. One of the greatest problems we have is that God is invisible. God is what? You have to face it and face it and face it until that invisible God becomes a reality to you. Wherever you are! Wherever you are! Please change your age and get the job. That's after speaking in tongues for one hour. Change your age and get the job. Is that a temptation or not? your age or pay bribe, give bribe and get the admission and something we say, everybody is doing it, it's a lie we don't do it fear of God do you fear God? are you conscious of his presence? not here, we are conscious of his presence here, two of us Oh, when people are smoking and they want to enter a church, what do they do to their smoke? Is either they summarize it at the door or they drop it. Something is telling them this is a temple of the living God. But the Bible says your body, your what? Your body, your mouth, your eyes, your hand is the temple. You read it in the Bible and you will be doing the opposite. Let us repent. conscious of the fact that we are coming most times it's not even God we are conscious of we are conscious of our self pride so that people will not look at you so you know in a church you want to if it's in Hebrew you say so that people will be speaking good about you that you're a wonderful person but you know that before God you are not a wonderful person your motive is wrong. You are not even seeking for God for the sake of God. You are seeking for God to use God to fulfill your own desire and your motive. Fear of God. Literal fear. What did I call it? Literal fear. That is, you are afraid that God is here. And I won't I will like... Oh... May, may God put that fear in you today. Because that fear will keep you from sin. Proverbs 16, 6 says, By fear of God, men, human beings, depart from sin. There is no other way to depart from sin. You will sin again if after confessing, you don't have the fear of God. 
One of the greatest things to pursue and get for the revival to be sustained in your life is the fear of God. Speaking in tongues without the fear of God is equal to sin. Again. Preaching, evangelism without the fear of God, attending discipleship without the fear of God is equal to sin again. And when you sin again, it will take you away, far away from God. A brother called me yesterday and said, Sir, I have struggled to call you. I said, Why? He said, I know that I've offended you. And I am not free again. That's what happened to people when they sin against God. Adam started it. After he finished sinning against God, he started what? Running away from God. That's what sin is doing, and he has been doing it till tomorrow. Somebody is going to be restored today. The fear of God is going to come to your life today. This is the, the greatest. You know, sometimes when we preach like this, some people think that we don't prophesy. We don't see vision. We don't uh, preach prosperity. We don't, we are not prosperous. We do all of that. We do it better, sir. But the truth is that if your life is wrong, your life is wrong. If you are a sinner, you are a sinner. You need salvation first so that your prosperity will not take you to hell. Division and revelation and whatever will not take you to hell. I see vision. We do miracles a lot. Very easy. If I share testimonies of miracles that have happened over the time, you'll be surprised. But they are not the first. The first is your life. The presence of God with you. Because miracle is not written on anybody's face. You can do miracle too. But you need to maintain the presence of God. Because it's not you, it's actually God with you that will do the mighty works. It was because he was with Jesus. That was why he was doing the works through Jesus. So if he's with you, he will also do the work through you. At Enugu, I tell them that we are training you not to be dependent on us. We are training you in discipleship so that you will become a minister that will be ministering to others and not every year member. Every year I need prayer. No. After one year of being prayed for, you should be matured to start what? Praying for others. That's the sense of discipleship. Which one is remaining now? Eh? Number five. You must consecrate yourself every part of your body consecrate it unto God dedicate it to God as a holy vessel your hands your eyes your ears your 
members must be consecrated to God and to God alone. Because your body is the temple of the living God. You know, thank God for the Bible. The Bible is a wonderful book. The Bible did not say your soul is the temple of the living God. What did he say? Your body. Your body. So you don't just mess up with your body and say that Christianity is in the heart. It's not about the body. Eh. There's a video that I saw and I posted it in our um, WhatsApp. I, I saw it. I posted it there. We are a, a native doctor. Went on evangelism. How many of us saw that post? A native doctor went on evangelism. And he came to preach to a brother and a sister. He covered his face and dressed well like a native doctor. With his zoo and everything. And then he came and said, I came from native doctor's Bible mission church. They say Holy Ghost fire. Because when they saw him, initially they started binding him, casting him, commanding him. The young man was very hectic, so he was using his energy. And the native doctor said, excuse me, if you bind me and bind me, I'm not, I'm not going to be bound. If you cast me, I will not go. I came to preach, so you better listen. So what do you know? How did you even get Bible in your hand? I came from native doctor's Bible mission church. And then the man began to talk and said, you people came to preach to me the other day. And you are dressing. Eh? You are dressing. Is the dressing of the world. And you believe that people will take the gospel from you. Leaving your dressing. But today, I dress like a native doctor. And you didn't even want to hear what I'm going to preach. You rejected me and the message. Why? My dressing. Are you getting that now? Your dressing is not aligning with the message you are preaching. How can you dress like a harlot? And you are preaching the gospel of holiness. The Bible said, do not conform to this world, but be what? Be transformed. You must say no to the world system and let your body be kept holy and preserved unto him. Always. So let's go through now. Number one is what? Eh? Living to please God. Number two. Separated yourself from causes of sin. Number three. Separation from all idols. Number four. Number five. Your body, not just your heart, not just your soul. Your body is important to God. Because the Bible says your body is the temple. Your body. So you cannot just put anything on your body. 
you cannot just do anything with your body and say it doesn't matter. Uh-uh. Anybody who is preaching that anywhere is preaching a false gospel. The Bible is our final authority. Your body and the way you present your body. Say, I beseech you therefore my brethren by the mercies of God that you present your what? Your bodies a living not just your soul your bodies. Somebody was asking uh, should I dress like this? The Bible said the, the Bible said we should not dress like this. And then I like the way the person that answered the question answered. He said, anytime you finish dressing, eh? Just stand before the mirror and ask Jesus, I hope you are comfortable the way I am dressed. Are you okay with my dressing? Every religion is known by their dress. Christianity should also have what? A dressing code. Anything serious has a dressing code. Has uniform. Has a way of presenting themselves. Anybody who dresses and your body is not properly covered. You are missing it. You will find it difficult to sustain the presence of God with that kind of dress. And if God is not there, you are not a mighty man. And if you are not a mighty man, you will end up as a victim, not a victor. So, before we pray, have you been able to understand now who a mighty man is? Who is a mighty man? A man that has the presence of God with him. A woman that has the presence of God with him. That's a mighty man. I want us to rise up and pray briefly before I finish up a few things I have in this section. Rise up and pray and say, God, I want to be one of the mighty men. I want to be one of the mighty men. And if I want, I will be a mighty man. I know now that I must be a man that is living in your very presence. And if I must live in your very presence, I must be a man that is living to please you always. I must be a man that fears God. I must be a man that separates myself from that which causes sin. Can you take these prayer points, five of them, and pray them in the next five, ten minutes before I pray for you? Say to God, help me. Fear of God. Decision to please Him always. Dedicating your body. Yield 
giving it to him, presenting it to him as a living sacrifice. Maybe you have been trapped into sin. You have decided to stop, but you couldn't stop. Tell God, I need salvation. Cry out. The standard of God cannot change. It's the same. Like Joseph, like Daniel, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even when they enter into fire, the Lord went with them into the fire. When they cast them into the dense lion, lion's den, the Lord went with them in death. That's why they became victors. Because the Lord was with them always. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website, www.calvaryonline.org. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivalabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999. You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels. <laughs>